morning. I think I, did I turn it on right? All right, perfect. Um, yes, I am always excited to be with this family. Uh, I feel more and more like family. I was just telling some really close friends of ours last night uh, that I was going to Fairfield tomorrow, and she, this friend of ours, was like, you go there a lot. I was like, yeah, I do. It's a, uh, it's family now. It's a, it's a really, um, it's a church. It's a home away from home for us as far as church is concerned and as far as a place to go and uh, know that we belong here, and uh, and I'm always excited to be with you all. Um, today I am on dad duty by myself, so uh, my wife went to support a really close friend of ours who's doing her first half marathon today in Sacramento, and so I get the kids, and uh, that meant that my GPS said I would get here said I would get here at like 9.58, and uh, so, um, and I told, I told Matt when I was, I was getting on the road, the GPS says 9.58, but I'm a winner, so I think I might get there a little bit before that, but um, I am always excited to be here, and, um, and it's sometimes when people ask, uh, you probably know this, but when people ask like to speak just about whatever you want, I can't handle it. Like, I want a text, I want a topic, I want to know where are you at, where, where do you want me to talk, um, because uh, I usually come with a pastor's heart, and so I don't want to just get up here and do the talk that I have written for every time I go somewhere. So, um, But that was the case this time, and you guys are in between some, some space, and so uh, I'm just going to share some things that have been on my heart lately. And, uh, and I want to share those with you, and hopefully uh, it is where somebody here is also at this point in time. I feel uh, like I am pretty safe to always bet that God is working similar things in our lives at the same time. So, um, so I hope that finds you where you are as well. Um, if you want to turn to Luke chapter 18, that's where we will land. I'm going to jump around a little bit in Acts. If you want to follow along with me, you can. Uh, But I'm going to jump around a lot in Acts, and then we're going to land in Luke 18. Um, But let me pray, and then uh, we will jump in. God, we praise you again for another opportunity to be together. Um, To be together with family uh, every week is a true blessing. Um, Whether our physical, uh, actual families are as pleasant to be with or not, uh, it is sure nice to get together with your family that you have put together uh, for our lives at this point and in this space on this day uh, is all on purpose. And so um, help us see what that purpose is today, uh, each of us. Let us see where it is you have for our heart. Um, and again, God, if it has nothing to do with a word I say, then that's uh, absolutely great. Just let us see you uh, and see why you brought each of us here today. Uh, We praise you for who you are, and we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about seasons today, uh, particularly a season that uh, I think we come in and out of at different points in our lives. But uh, primarily, I want us to look at uh, the fact that very often we quit things in our life when certain seasons come to us, 
And we quit things because we start to put periods where God has put a comma. And we will just sit in that place. And we have a tendency to give up on a story long before God gives up on a story. And I want to talk about that season in our life today uh, that many of us have had several of these seasons come and go. Uh, Maybe we are currently in that season where we kind of feel stuck and we feel like we're at that point where we're deciding whether we want to quit or just sit down or we just want to put a period where God has put a comma. And we will end up in Luke 18, but starting in Acts, I want to show and read a couple of stories that we know uh, and highlight that this was a place where each of these stories were and a season where each of these stories were. But in Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 4, it says, And while staying with them, Jesus ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem. This is then uh, when they are waiting for the Holy Spirit. This is for the, the promise of the Holy Spirit. Uh, verse 4 again still. But to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Jump down to verse 12. And he says, Then they returned to Jerusalem, as they were told to do, returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying, Peter and John and James and Andrew and Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot and Judas the son of James. Verse 14. All these, with one accord, were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. Now, if we jump down to chapter 2, verse 1 of Acts. When the day of Pentecost arrived, now this is important to realize, that they have been sent here to wait, and they were waiting in the upper room, and there are different scholars that say different things about how long that they would have been waiting from the moment that Jesus had died until the promise of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. There's, there's different debate of how long that was, but just know that it was at least a week even possibly longer, that they've been waiting for this promise that was given to them. Jesus says, go here, wait, and the promise will be given to you. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And this is where it's very important. And suddenly, there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, divided in the tongues of fire, appeared to them, and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues and gave them utterance. Now, this is very important for us to see the end suddenly. But if you jump over in chapter, if you're with me in Acts, jump over to Acts chapter 16 at another story that sets this tone. Chapter 16, um, let's start in verse 16. As we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl and who had had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and us, crying out, These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And this she kept doing for so many days. Paul, having become, and I love this phrase, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her, and it came out, of that, came out at that very hour. But when her owners saw that their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the ruler. So they are now thrown into prison. Jump down to verse 25. We know what happens in the prison. 
about midnight, so they have been in prison for some time here, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And here's that phrase again, verse 26. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bonds were fastened. Now we can jump back to Luke 18, or I will meet you there. In Luke chapter 18, we see another story, starting in verse 1. Jesus tells this parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man, and there was a widow in the city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused. But afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not bear me down or beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to, this ele- to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, he will find faith on earth. This whole thing starts with several of these stories have this phrase, and suddenly, and I am on a search this morning for the and suddenly. For the and suddenly that I need, for the and suddenly that you need. In verse 1 of Luke chapter 18, he is telling them this parable for a reason. He sets the entire tone for a reason. I am telling you this parable. Verse 1, he says, and he told them a parable to the effect that, so so that you ought to always pray and not lose heart. I love the changing of seasons. Just today, my girls get up every morning now in the last week or so. We got some rain a couple days ago, at least in Sacramento we did. And, uh, and now my girls, are, it's, that, it's that time of year when my girls get up every single day and they're like, can I, what can I wear? Can I wear a long sleeve shirt? Is it going to get hot? Is it gonna, am I going to be sweaty in the end of the day? And I'm like, I don't know. It's going to be cold now, but it's probably going to be hot later. I don't know. We live in California. It's not really fall. So, uh, and but then, like, today they were dressed, getting dressed, and, uh, and I said, and it's going to probably be, like, in, the, in the, like the, the low 80s today. And then my oldest was like, ah, uh, when is fall going to get here? And I'm like, I don't know, baby. I would, I would love to see some fall. Uh, coming out of the Midwest, where seasons change, uh, I would love to see some fall. I love the colors of fall. I love everything that changes uh, in a Midwestern fall. It's, like, one of the few things I miss about the Midwest. And, uh, and, and there's just something that happens in, in a new season as it comes and goes. And our lives are set up to operate in these types of seasons. We see it throughout Scripture, but we have also seen it throughout our life. Already we see how we come in and out of different seasons, which we come uh, sometimes to very difficult seasons, and sometimes our seasons uh, are, are refreshing and helpful. And particularly today, I want to look at a season when everything seems stuck or frozen 
or maybe even at a standstill, a season of delay where everything seems to be held, held, like held back, and I'm waiting for something to change. I'm waiting for something to, to take off or something to happen, and it's just not happening. And we have these moments of delay. We need a better context, though, for these seasons of delay. moment of acceleration that happens Thank you, Peter. after the season of delay. And um, in those moments of acceleration after a season of delay are what launch us into the next season. The season we've been looking for, the season we've been hoping for, the season we need in our life after the season of delay, that moment of acceleration is what launches us into that new season. And I don't want us to miss it because we quit and we sat down and we put a period where God had put a comma. And so this is what we want to look at today. Not long ago, I had Micah 7-7 on my heart and I couldn't shake it. As for me, I will seek the Lord. I will wait on the God of my salvation because he hears me. And God continued to hammer away at my heart in the chambers that involve waiting, in the chambers that involve patience and listening. Waiting, patience, listening. Here's the thing. I don't want to do any of those things right now or ever. And, for, and maybe you feel me in this place, but I simply don't have time to be patient. I don't have time to wait. I don't have time to listen. And in those seasons of delay where I should be patient and be waiting and listening. What I really need is a plan. I need a direction and I need action on God's part for me to keep going. He does know that, right? I don't know. Have you ever been, uh, have, have it, how many, I'm sure, I'm in Fairfield. How many of you have shot a bow and arrow? Yeah, I assumed. Uh, I have only, I remember being, I grew up in the Nazarene church and we had 
we had this thing called caravans, which was basically like Cub Scouts for like Christians, I guess. I don't know what it was. But, um, but I was in caravans, and that was where the first time I remember shooting a bow and arrow. And there's this interesting thing. I remember the few moments when I've been able to shoot a bow and arrow. I can still feel my muscles uh, in the tension of a drawn arrow while I aim at something that I maybe can't even quite yet see. But I aim at it, and I can still feel the tension in my muscles holding the tension of the bow. I can feel the second that I line up with my target and the simple opening of my fingers, all of the tension built into my muscles to hold back a bow and to draw a bow is released with a simple release of my fingers and the tension to let an arrow fly. And I started to imagine, after reading Micah 7-7, I started to imagine what it might be like to be the arrow in my hand. I have to imagine it also feels the tension of waiting to be let fly. I have to imagine it wants to trust me even though it doesn't see the bullseye that it's being aimed at, to which it's actually prepared to go. And it must be hard to wait until I have it lined up before I let it fly. I have to imagine myself as an arrow not yet prepared to fly, in the hands of a very skilled archer who is still lining me up for his purposes for my life. And in the tension of waiting, I am actually being lined up. I am being aimed and prepared to let fly to the target ahead of me. But in that tension, even after a delayed season that sits in that tension, God has a way of answering suddenly very suddenly, and an acceleration happens in that moment into the next season. Verse 6 and 8, let's look back at that. Uh, The Lord had said after he's told this parable, he tells the parable of the, the unrighteous judge, and he says, hear what the unrighteous judge says. The unrighteous judge, he's not even a righteous person. The unrighteous judge says, this, this woman keeps bothering me, so go ahead and take care of it. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says, and will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, he will find faith on earth. Often, these moments of acceleration follow the seasons of delay. And you may be in a season of delay right now. I don't know. But those seasons will shift. Your season of delay will shift. And there will be a moment when all of the tension that you are waiting in will be released and everything shifts. God tends to shift things quickly after a long season of delay of lining you up. And the trouble is we don't understand the timing of when that will actually happen. We do know that we can trust God. We say that we know that we can trust God, but we actually don't know the when. I I mean, I want to trust so much more. I think I would trust so much more if God would just tell me when. Like, if he would just tell me when, this tension will be done. If God came to me and said, you know what, you're going to be in a season of delay, but it's only going to last three weeks and one day, 
and you'll be fine. I'll be like, I trust you with all my heart. <laughs> trust you with all my heart right now. But that's not how it gets. That's not how it works. We just don't get to know the moment of when that shift will be here. We don't know when, but much like the arrow, when your season of delay ends suddenly, it can launch you in to a new season that God has prepared for you. And that sounds great, and it sounds wonderful, but what about now? What about right now? What do I do while I'm in the season of delay? Well, there's a few things that tend to happen in the season of delay, and I want to show you what those are. Because we move toward what we should do after we know what actually tends to happen. If we are aware of what tends to happen, we can actually move toward what we ought to be doing in these moments. Let's remember what tends to happen. When you are in a season of delay, often it comes with discouragement and it comes with distraction. We get very distracted. We are distracted people in general. But when we are in a season of delay, we lose focus on the hope that we have. We lose focus on the end suddenly. And then that's when we lead to our discouragement. We start to get discouraged because we've lost focus on the hope that we have ahead of us. And when we're in a season of delay and we get into this discouragement, when we are in a season of delay, we are the most vulnerable to lies that we have ever been. We are very vulnerable to lies in our season of delay. When I'm looking for answers, I often come to wrong conclusions in my season of delay because it, it always happens because a lie gets in. At some point, we believe a whole series of lies in our seasons of delay. We believe lies like, I must have done something to deserve this. We believe lies like, well, I'll never get out of this. I can't see the end of it. If I sit with uh, a new parent, it's, it's a blast now on this side of having kids. But to sit with, uh, we have a couple friends of ours that are like going to, like their world's about to get rocked in a couple weeks. When they have their first baby and they're going to be up all night because babies don't sleep at night. They sleep during the day when you're tired and all of these things happen and they just, they like parents just have like hollow eyes. They just like, you're not getting sleep. And, and I want to be able to tell them like this season will end. It will come to an end. And I think like they're just like, don't lie to me. Please don't lie to me. Say, please tell me that's true. Uh, But it's true, and and those things will happen. But I think when you're in the midst of it, I can still remember being in the middle of the night holding my baby, trying to make her not be crying, and and I'm tired, and she's tired, and she's screaming, and and I'm just thinking, like, she's going to be, like, 25, and this is still going to happen. Like, I just can't even see the end. I just don't see the end. But on the other side, you know, (laughs) as parents, you know, like, this season will come to a close. And it will come to an end. But you don't see that when you're in the midst of it. When you're in the midst of the the season of delay, discouragement sets in. And any time you are discouraged in this season of delay, understand that any time you are discouraged is because a lie is creeping in somewhere. Your discouragement is highlighting a lie somewhere. Because you have lost focus on the hope that you have. And it Every discouragement revolves around a lie somewhere, and you've got to find out where it is. We don't always like to speak about our brokenness or our difficulties in life, but we like to try to pick ourselves up 
and just make it work. Uh, But let's just take a moment to be a little bit introspective. Have you ever been stuck? Have you ever been stuck in a habit, a sin? Maybe it's just a destructive attitude. It might be a destructive relationship, a broken mindset of life. Maybe it's a loneliness that's just become debilitating to you. And you thought (coughs) that you had got free, but you found out that you're still stuck. We get distracted in those times. We get distracted in seasons of delay, and it makes us quit trying. It makes us quit searching for the end suddenly that was promised to us and that has been, is being lined up for you as you walk through the season of delay. In seasons of delay, we cannot get distracted because we know where our hope comes from. We say we know these things, But if I'm distracted and discouraged in my season of delay, I'm believing a lie and not the truth that I say out loud with my voice. I can say that I know where my hope comes from, but still in my head and in my heart and in my mindset, still be trusting a lie that is not true. And in seasons of delay, we cannot get distracted because we know where our hope comes from. Stay focused on your hope. Stay focused on the end suddenly that has been promised to you. And I know the one who can get me out of this season of delay. I know the one who has my breakthrough in his fingertips. I know the one who is waiting to just let me fly when I am lined up with the right target. I know the one who is my hope. And if I quit, I'm going to miss my day of acceleration. It's going to come and go and I'm going to miss it. And I'm going to miss the launch into my next season that God is lining up in the season of my delay. He has my next season in his sight when he's ready. But if I am quitting and putting a period where he is putting a comma, I will miss what he has been lining up the entire time. So here are a few points that we need to take and hold on to based on what we see in this story, uh, the few stories that we've read. A few points that we need to take and hold on to in our seasons of delay. If you're in a season of delay right now, or you know someone who is in a season of delay, they're being lined up for where God wants them to go. Here's our few points I want us to see. Number one, do not get isolated. This is a point that could be applied to just about any lesson. We could read any lesson, and we could get up here and preach anything, and probably do not get isolated as a part of it. Because we are designed to be with one another. Stay connected to other people in your season of waiting. Stay connected to people. I need people who will replace the lies that I am starting to listen to. I need people around me who can recognize those lies, replace them with truth, so that I can start to believe the truth and continue to believe the hope that is ahead of me. I need people near me and around me who can say, no, you have more than this in you. You have more than the season that you're in right now that is ahead of you. You cannot give up. It's, more, it's important to surround yourself with the right people, especially when you begin to face the tough times of a season of delay, because there will always be other people who will seek to remind you of a lesser version of yourself. There will always be other people around you who will just gravitate to you, who would love to remind you of a a lesser version 
of your past, a lesser version of yourself. So you need to surround yourself with people who will tell you the truth of who you are and will keep the hope ahead of you and will replace the lies that you're starting to listen to. You need to surround yourself with people who see your potential and who see the best in you. People who know that I am greater than my addictions. I am greater than my failures. And I am better than my past. I need those people because my past and my addictions and all of my failures come from lies that I started to believe at some point. And I need people who will tell me the truth. It's the only way that I can get through a season of delay. I need friends like the paralyzed man in Luke chapter 5 who said, at any cost, we will get you to Jesus. At whatever it costs us, we will get you to Jesus. The Bible says the guy was stuck. It's not always about being stuck. The key is, who are you stuck around? Who you find yourself stuck around can be the difference between staying stuck and the power to get free. Good thing for this man, he had the right group of friends after they did everything they could on their own, they got him to Jesus. Even if it meant hoisting him up on top of a roof and tearing a hole in the roof. I need friends like that. And in your seasons of delay, do you know how to recognize those types of friends? Do you also know how to recognize if you are isolating yourself? There's a large telltale sign if you are in a season of delay and you're isolating yourself, there's a, there's, there are symptoms of this. You will notice some pity parties starting to pop up. <laughs> and ain't no party like a pity party. Because a pity party is by yourself. Pity parties are parties of one. And you start to feel bad for yourself because you don't want anyone else to feel bad for you. And we need friends like the ones in Luke 5 who will say, no, we aren't leaving you down here. In your season of delay, you cannot stay stuck. We were with you before you got stuck, and we have been walking with you while you're stuck, and we are going to walk with you until you get free. Those are the friends that we need, and we need to surround ourselves with those types of friends, and we need to get with those types of friends. Do not isolate yourself in your season of delay. Number two, do not believe that God is not working in your season of delay. Do not for one second think that he has given up. God is active in this season, my friend. God is never not working. Revelation 21.5 is one of my favorite verses. It says, Behold, I am making all things new. I am making is a present, ongoing present tense. Which means right now, every moment, right now, God is making things new. And in your season of delay, right now, God is making it new. He is never not working. God never comes to you in your season of delay and be like, hey, I got, I got, got really busy and I got tired and I took a nap real quick. Is everything you're all right? Were you waiting for me the whole time? God is always working and lining you up 
for your season of delay to come to an end in the right moment. He is making things new. And just because you don't see it doesn't mean he's not doing work. Just because you can't see the bullseye doesn't mean you're not being lined up for it. God is preparing and, and, and suddenly for you at this moment. If you are in your season of delay, each of those stories that we've read has an, had an and suddenly moment that was being lined up the entire time. And you have to stay focused. You have to stay focused on the and suddenly. And do not sit and believe at any moment that God is not working. The third thing and the last thing is we have to keep praying. And you have to keep worshiping in your season of delay. For one, I can give a gift to God in my seasons of delay and waiting that I cannot give to him in my seasons of other seasons of life. When I offer my worship in my seasons of delay, there's an intimacy that's connected to that that I can't offer to him in other seasons. Because I choose, no matter what, that I will still come to him and I will give him my worship and I will give him my praise regardless of the season I'm in. You've got to start to fill your bowl. And this comes out of Revelation um, Revelation 5. Let me read it really quick. Revelation 5, verse 8. Uh, if I can find it. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. This bowl, this golden bowl, I, I love this idea of you need to keep filling this bowl until it tips. And I'll fill it with my prayers. I'll fill it with my worship. In my season of delay, I need those to pour out. I need that to overflow. I need your blessing. I need your end suddenly, and I need all that to come to me. And so I will keep filling that bowl until it tips. I will fill it with all of my prayer, all of my worship, and I will keep coming to God in the midst of my seasons of delay until that bowl tips and the end suddenly comes the way I needed it to. Each of the stories that we read, you read the disciples had a time of waiting, but they waited and they prayed together. They were together in one accord and they continued to pray for the promise was already set in front of them. But there was a long delay of sitting in that room waiting for the promise that was given to them that hasn't come yet. But they continued to pray. They devoted themselves to being together. They continued to pray. They continued to worship together. And they put everything into that bowl until it tipped. Until they, it says, and suddenly there came the Holy Spirit in that moment. And it launched them into the next season of the rest of our life. And Paul and Silas sit in this prison they, for one, did not deserve to be there, but they were in the center of God's will and got put in prison. And they're sitting in prison and waiting for something to come through, waiting for God to come through in this season of delay in prison. And they continued to worship and they continued to pray. And they offered themselves everywhere that they possibly could to keep pouring into that bowl until suddenly 
the foundations began to shake. And God came through. And it happened in a moment. A long season of delay ends in an acceleration and launches you into your next season. I can remember a few, a couple years ago in my longest season of delay, um, I walked with some of, I mean, I came here a couple times in the midst of that. I was just searching for what God wanted for me to do next and, uh, and kept getting closed doors. And it felt like a season of delay. I, I, I couldn't get the position. I couldn't get a job that I needed. And I felt like I was stuck. And, uh, and our pastor, my pastor, challenged our entire church one summer to dedicate a summer of prayer. And when you're in your season of delay, you get distracted from the hope. And you start to think, I don't need, I'm, I'm tired of that. Uh, there were a lot of times in the midst of my season of delay, on, to be honest, like they would have in our church, they would have people for like for several weeks. They would have on Sunday morning, we just had people without jobs that are looking for jobs on our hearts. So everybody without a job that's looking for a job, stand up and we're going to pray for you. And we did it like for several weeks and I still wasn't getting a job. And there was one Sunday, Tanya, my wife, said, why didn't you stand up? I was like, I'm tired of standing up. I'm tired of standing up. And you get into seasons of delay where I started to lose focus on my end suddenly that I was looking for. And I started to sit, literally, uh, started to sit in my season of delay. And I was beginning to draw a period where God had had a calling. And our pastor challenged us for a summer to dedicate it to a, a summer of prayer. And he challenged us to find your ways. Like, I mean, we talked about prayer. We preached about prayer. We tried to figure out, like, what are the challenges that we're all going to take and we're going to devote ourselves to prayer and whatever that looked like. He's like, find something that you love to do and make it a time of prayer. And I was like, well, I, I mean, I like coffee. Uh, it's the best I know right now. And so I, every morning, every morning, I, for a summer, every morning I took a prayer walk with coffee, Um, and I had that time, and I started to pour out to God and saying, God, I don't know what you're doing. I need you to do something. I need you to come through, and as I prayed, and as I continued to put myself and offer that as a sacrifice, knowing my heart is, is tired in this season of delay. I'm tired of waiting for the end suddenly, but I'm honest about that. I'm going to continue to pour out, and I'm going to continue to worship, and in that midst of that time, it changed my heart. It allowed me to offer an intimacy in my prayer life that I couldn't offer if everything, if I was already in my next season. Does that make sense? There's an intimacy that comes from praying in your season of delay that you can't offer when you're not in a delay. And it drew my heart closer and closer to where I had a laser focus on my end suddenly again just waiting for my end suddenly. And there was an end suddenly that came later. That's a different story at a different time. But in the midst of your delay, wherever you are, whatever breakthrough you're waiting for God to to provide, I don't know what that is. But in your season of delay, you cannot isolate yourself and you cannot believe any lies. If you are discouraged right now in your season of delay, it is revealing some lie that you believe, and you need to find out what it is. And have your friends that you're not isolating from 
help you find the lie that you're believing. Because you're discouraged because of a lie that you're believing. And keep focus. I think of like, <coughs> if you can think of like a dog, uh, most dogs, if, if you have food in your hand, will stay right by your side. There will be an earthquake. There will be a mailman outside. And it does not matter. If you have food in your hand, they love that food. They don't love you. But they love that food, and they will stay focused on that food no matter whether the house falls apart. They're focused on that food. You can move it. Always going to follow that food. But they trust that that food is right there, and they will stay with a laser focus. It doesn't matter if anything else that would normally be distracting to them could come and go, but if you have food in your hand, they will stay focused on it. And if I can stay focused on my end suddenly that I'm looking for to happen, I can come through any season of delay knowing that it's only going to end in a moment. And I can trust that God has a way of bringing, at the end of a long season of delay, a moment of acceleration that launches me into my next season. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to worship together. Um, And particularly, if you are in your season of delay right now, we are going to worship together. Um, You might not, I might not be in a season of delay, and you are, but I'm going to worship with you. Because I cannot isolate from you. And if you're not in a season of delay, maybe a side challenge for you is don't let other people isolate from you. If you know people in this room that you know well that they're in a season of delay, don't let them isolate. Surround them. Come around them. They're looking for you. They need you. And they need you to help replace the lies that are getting them discouraged while they're waiting for the season to be launched into the next. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to worship together. Let me pray. God, we praise you for who you are, for your love, for your grace, for your provision, and for all the work that you do in the midst of uh, whatever delay looks like for each of us. Um, If we're looking for, uh, I don't know what that breakthrough is, if if it's a breakthrough for just another stage of life, or it's a breakthrough for a job that I'm looking for, or... Uh, a career to begin, or whatever it is. Um, God, I ask that you would hear our prayers. I ask that you would uh, receive our worship as we give it to you. And God, we will bring our all to you. Even if this moment comes and goes, we are going to worship you in this moment. And we will keep worshiping you. You told us to ask and seek and knock, and you told us right after you talked about a persistent widow. So I'm going to ask until you answer. And I'm going to knock until you open the door. I'm not just going to knock once. I'm going to knock until you open. And I will seek you until I find you. And we will seek our end suddenly until it comes. But we would trust that you are lining us up for whatever is next. Help us trust you where we don't trust you. And uh, receive our praise. Receive our prayers. Uh, We bring them to you with all that we have, even if it's less than we had last week. We still bring it to you with all that we have. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.